Hi, I'm Zaylee. Welcome to my podcast, Neon Cherry Girl. To be honest, I hadn't really thought about what to say past this point. I don't have a script. I don't even have notes. I'm just kind of sat here in front of my microphone, and I think that's how it's going to be every... however regularly I record these. Um, my apologies if you hear me nervously scratching at my leggings or picking at my skin or tapping my nails... Um, I have these gel extensions to help with my dermatillomania. More on that later, maybe. But, um, or eventually, definitely. But, uh, this episode, maybe. But, yeah, sometimes I play with them. I'll also definitely be smoking weed during this podcast. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna be real with you. It's legal in my state, recreationally. There is basically no reason for me to not smoke weed because it helps me so much. The main reason for me not to smoke weed is that I have asthma and I cough a lot. I'm also going to use profanity in this. I I won't use like slurs that are not mine to reclaim, of course. And if I do, I mean, absolutely, please call me out and I will try and do better. But, um, I never intend to do that. But with that said, um, I was basically thinking about saying I am that bitch. And then I was like, am I, am I going to say that on my podcast? And the thing is that yes, I am. So if you're uncomfortable with that, I don't know, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Also, um, I should have mentioned this earlier, to be honest, but here we are and I'm mentioning it pretty early on. Um, shout out to the Pretty Wavy with two V's record label and Kitty and the Pom Poms. They produced the music that I used, um, at least the, yeah, the music part you heard in the, not the record cassette tape sounds, but... The music you heard in my intro was by Kitty and the Pom Poms, who are both signed to Pretty Wavy. That's a new record label that um, Kitty actually started, and I'm really excited about it because I love everything Kitty does, to be honest. I'm kind of a fangirl over her, have been for years. I mean, at this point, it's nostalgic for me. I remember there was, back when I lived in like Northampton, Massachusetts there was some show um with Danny Brown and he was headlining and Kitty was the supporting act I really wanted to go but uh I have agoraphobia so I didn't go but I wish I'd gone because Kitty tweeted the next day uh 
she tweeted that the show had sucked and the crowd had hated her and I felt really bad and I was like maybe if I'd been there she would have had a good experience because I would have loved her so much and like that's really silly of course that's not true like I can bring joy to people but that's excessive anyways I still feel bad that that was the experience she had in a town so close to where I went to high school and yeah I love Kitty love her work Rose Gold is probably still my favorite album of 2019 which is saying something there have been some good albums this year I should mention that uh, Kitty didn't actually give me like permission to use that music but I'm also not breaking any rules as far as I know because it is allowed um, under Creative Commons license for reuse for creative purposes including for profit although the most profit I'll get from this podcast is like if someone likes it and decides to donate to my Kofi or subscribe to my Patreon or something which if you want to do that hey shout out to you I love let's be blunt I get I love getting money so um I keep starting and stopping my recording um which isn't really how I want to do this to be honest if I had to say I was inspired by one podcast it would be the only podcast I listen to which is um perhaps mildly embarrassing to be the only podcast that I pay attention to but you know what? I don't care. I think it's a great podcast. Um, Eating Alone in My Car, I believe is the name by Melissa Broder. I'm actually going to search that now because I'm suddenly worried. That I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, Eating Alone in My Car by Melissa Broder. She's the one who does so uh She's the one who does So Sad Today over on Twitter. And also, she manages her own personal Twitter account and Instagram account and runs the Eating Alone in My Car podcast. Possibly most importantly, she is a published writer, um, poet, and author, and she's very talented. And I'm just sucking up to people in this basically who will never listen to this I guess or telling you about people who I enjoy I mean there are a lot of people whose work I enjoy who I don't talk about that much online um I think I like posted a picture or two of my Melissa Broder books or collection of Melissa Broder books on my old Instagram account which is now deleted so there's that. And then who is the other person I mentioned? I have the worst memory. I have a feeling that will not work out well for me in having a podcast. Um, I may occasionally have guests on here. It's not impossible. I would love to do some kind of notebook girls podcast focusing on, (laughs) there's this, um, it's actually based on a book that came out in I guess the 2000s called The Notebook Girls in a composition notebook or a series of them I think it was four girls uh, 
wrote basically notes to each other during class, between classes, after school, whatever. They were in high school and they wrote about their lives and they published it. Um, I heard about it and was so inspired by it that by the idea that I pretty much copied it and me and two of my best, best friends who are still best, best friends to this day, um, Jeanette and Asia, we, we started our own notebook that was in middle school. Now we're actually technically still doing it and I'm 27 years old, um, 27 and a half to be precise. But we were incredibly inspired by the Notebook Girls, who you can totally Google and look up, and they did it first. And then I know that some people have done it since, too. Um, I also know that when we were in high school and we had a notebook, people would, people would try and steal it and stuff because, you know, it was like this item that it had not only value but like this secrecy to it this mystery because we wouldn't let anyone read it except for if you were a notebook girl and there were only three of us um we had different schedules i was a theater kid in high school believe it or not and then i was in and out of the psych ward in my last two years and asia was one of the art and anime kids so she had her own thing going on and Jenny, I think, was focused on learning how to drive and basic things like the SATs. And Jenny also enjoyed smoking weed sometimes, which I'm going to start doing now because I claimed I was going to and then I haven't done it so far. And we're almost 10 minutes into this podcast. I can't believe I've gone 10 minutes without actually smoking weed because my anxiety is pretty elevated, but it should be through the roof considering... So I'd like to warn you in advance what I warn pretty much everyone who meets me. I'm not dying. I'm just coughing. I have asthma. Yeah. All right. I have an idea where maybe I'll even like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I feel silly saying this even though this is my podcast and if you're listening to it, you obviously care about my life to whatever extent. But I have an idea for this podcast where I might try and meditate for one minute at least, like 60 seconds straight, just meditate really hard. And you can do it with me if you want. And I would sort of do a, a noise at the end of 60 seconds so that it would, um, so that it would, you know, be clear when it was over. I don't know. Is that idea silly? I feel like it's silly now that I'm saying it. I'm going to smoke this weed. It's going to help my anxiety. Got some weed ASMR there. <coughs> Ouch. Or the opposite of ASMR. And also, something else I was going to say. Does it matter? No, probably not. I've learned to let these things go. Like when you forget what you're saying mid-sentence, you just let that go after a while because your memory, if you're me, 
sucks. It sucks. I'm 27. Like, I'm not even 30, and my memory... Oof, it's bad. Okay. I mean, I'm on, like, let's just say a high dose of clonopin every day, um, PRN, but I end up taking my PRN doses most of the time, all of them, because I do rely on it to just sort of function. My anxiety is very, very severe. I told you I'd talk about mental health on this podcast, but, um, also, yeah, I feel like my clonopin does affect my memory negatively. I mean, medication can be a lifesaver. I'm definitely not anti-medication at all. I just sort of, I don't know. There are definitely side effects to some medications. I mean, nobody can doubt that. Nobody can deny that. That's proven. Um... And then I do other things like smoke too much weed, which definitely doesn't help my memory, but I don't think it has as big an effect as the clonopin, to be quite honest. And then the withdrawals, oof, that's, that's also rough. I don't know. Medication's a tough thing. Oh, I just dropped my, uh, my fucking lighter. Great. Okay. Gonna move my chair, get the lighter. There we go. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I was taken like, I don't even know how long ago, maybe two weeks now, off of Cymbalta. And, bro, I am having a hard time. Bro, I am struggling. Like, uh, like, sorry if I just misgendered you and you never go by bro. But, how can life be this difficult? Honestly, I mean, I get it. It's, it's been difficult for like, I've been in a depressive episode for 10 years and like, I don't even have it as hard as some people. I understand and recognize that, but oh my God, it fucking sucks. Like I am so much alive for my cats because I love them and they bring me some comfort, some solace. I definitely don't want my mom to have to outlive me there were times in the past I felt not even that that was okay, but that that was literally the natural order of things. I don't feel that way anymore. I I think my mom should get to see me live for as long as possible or whatever she wants. Um, I say my mom because my dad, I mean, I don't know, maybe he'll listen to this, but he's over in England and not terribly involved in my life. I mention him occasionally online, but he's not a subject I feel like talking about much today. The weed habit, though, I mean, he doesn't actually smoke weed at present as far as I know so I'm pretty sure that that in specific is not related to him but that addictive personality my chair just like made a noise that addictive personality is uh for sure just really unhelpful he 
I mean, I have OCD, which is not necessarily his fault. Genetically, that might have nothing to do with him. Um, I don't really know what I'm saying at this point, so I guess I'll just talk about something else and smoke more weed. Oh, was I literally talking about my dad? <coughs> Gosh. That's cliche of me. <coughs> my tolerance is honestly too high. <coughs> like I smoke too much. I would like to smoke less, but it's hard when... <coughs> right, that's what I was talking... <coughs> Yikes, okay. I think I'm good. That's what I was talking about. I was talking about addiction, and while I'm not addicted to weed, um, per se, I would say I am dependent on being not sober in order to cope with my everyday reality and that um I can't believe I'm fucking saying that on my podcast within the first 20 minutes of episode one not because it's oversharing I can believe that part like I've definitely that part not weird that part very in character but it is embarrassing to say for me that is specifically very embarrassing to say and the uh, reason that's embarrassing to say, even though it may even be obvious, to be quite honest, the reason that's embarrassing is I don't want people to realize how bad my weed dependency is. So, honestly, I should cut down, but here we are. I should cut down on my spending. I mean, I uploaded a YouTube video called, um, I mean, it was something about unboxing my shopping issues, which is very clever, by the way. I'm very clever. Hi, have you met me? I'm very clever. Uh, but also that's embarrassing. That was embarrassing to put online. I don't know how much embarrassing I can stand. I mean, it kind of sucks because the, the best kinds of help for the situation I'm in are just not available to me. So, you know, I mean, I could, I could go to the hospital, which is not the appropriate thing to do in this circumstance. And I could hope that it helps despite not being a trauma informed environment and generally being stressful and taking me away from my emotional support cats. I could do that. Um, there are other versions of that kind of, like, respite. If they have beds, I could go to respite and, um, see what being away from my cats does for my mental health. But really, I'm just kind of trying to cope with the everyday. And I'm getting by okay. You know, I'm safe. I'm not even self-harming, to be, to be blunt. I'm not even self-harming. I haven't attempted in over a year, well over a year. I have a bunch of uh, 
suicide attempt anniversaries coming up and that's that's super fun yay but uh it's gonna be okay because it's gonna be okay it has to be you know I just have to keep going that's kind of my mindset is survival at whatever cost I mean not whatever cost obviously my own survival is not more important than the survival of you know other beings or whatever there's so much I could go into um I just maybe I should value my life more than I do I don't know but it's okay because I have reasons to live you know that's enough that's enough to keep going I've been safe I haven't been acting terribly I get confused a lot and I feel depressed so depressed I feel depressed as fuck without my Cymbalta I think I brought that up earlier briefly they well my med prescriber for psych meds prescribed a higher dose of Prozac for my OCD which was recently diagnosed and sure I'm all about that but because I have severe anxiety uh he didn't want to combine that with the Cymbalta, which they're both, I believe, SSRIs, or at least they both increase serotonin production. They also both put me at higher risk of serotonin syndrome, along with my Zofran for my stomach and nausea. But the, the thing is that, like, it's actually really, really fucking hard to go without Cymbalta if you're used to it. The withdrawals are bad and honestly I don't have enough antidepressant in my system right now and I'm just very depressed. Me when I'm depressed is bad. Um, me, uh, Well a lot of people when they're depressed is bad. You know they're bad when they're depressed in that they have a lot to go through and they struggle very hard. Some people to an even greater extent than me but I just I don't know maybe I'm making a podcast to convey how much pain I'm in because like it sucks uh not to whine constantly you know but it, it really does suck having multiple severe mental illnesses and chronic GI illness that's still undiagnosed after how many years? Um, <coughs> it's been it's been so long since I've had my first GI specialist appointment in 2011 and here we are at the end of 2019 and I still don't have a diagnosis. I've had so many procedures done. So many. My friend has a colonoscopy coming up. I won't name them for privacy and personal reasons, but they have a colonoscopy coming up and they're scared. And I was thinking about whether if I had to get one, that would scare me. And I mean, yeah, I don't love the prep, you know, drinking the super fun large amount of gross liquid you have to drink beforehand and stuff but I don't know I mean I get why they're scared I do they've never had one before but 
I have. I've had two. I've had two colonoscopies. I've had two endoscopies. I've had so many medical procedures. And at this point, if someone were to tell me, if a GI specialist or my doctor just were to tell me, you need another colonoscopy, I mean, I'd be like, okay, that's weird because I've had two, but I'd also be like, okay, I'd, okay, what the fuck ever, sure, next procedure after that, let's move it along and maybe one day I'll even get a diagnosis if I'm lucky. I mean, that sounds awfully resentful. Uh, my friend does have more hope for a diagnosis than me, but I also would wish their symptoms upon certainly not them, not myself, not anyone I care about, not really anyone, to be quite honest. I'm not the super spiteful kind, I think. Anyways, um, I'm going to smoke some more weed because I'm anxious again. Cool. Cool. Am I going to end up getting like resin from blowing smoke on the muff? the wind muff on my microphone because that's a possibility that's like a real possibility you know it's pink I, d I don't want to mess it up the microphone is white and the muff is pink if you want to picture what I'm sat here doing <coughs> jeez louise that's something I picked up saying when I was in boarding school in England. One of the only, maybe possibly, good habits, maybe possibly, that I got at that school. Boy, that school sucked. I'll talk about that in another episode, some kind of story time. This might end up being like a story time thing. I mean, like, Olaplex and Chill can only go on for so long, you know? It's branded around a different brand, Olaplex, which is there to repair your hair, but, like, they're not paying me, so why should I do a series called Olaplex and Chill as an ongoing thing for that long? I do have some unedited footage, unedited footage that I need to work on and get out there. I tried to upload the next Olaplex and Chill episode, and there were just way too many copyright claims because... There was a lot of um, copyrighted audio in it. But then I have more than one filmed after that. I don't even know. I'll figure it out. And I just love telling stories, talking, communicating. Communication is so important. Here's a story. I don't think this person will listen to this podcast, so I'm going to tell it. Um... So, first of all, the story starts out with I started dating this guy. This was, like, years ago, many years ago, like, 2012, 2013. And, uh, yeah, he broke up with me on Valentine's Day. And when I was like, this is out of the blue, what the fuck? Like, why didn't I know this was going to come? Why didn't you tell me anything was wrong? What's even the problem? He was like, I thought it would be better to hide from you that your eating disorder was really becoming a problem for me because I wanted the problem to go away and I thought hiding it would just make it go away. And like, 
sure he was immature. Like he was a college student, whatever. But like, he broke up with me on Valentine's Day out of the blue. I mean, come on. And then I Venmo requested him like years later, maybe a year ago. I don't know, less than a year ago. Not even that long ago, maybe like six months ago. Um, for $50 asking, just Venmo requesting with that date that he broke up with me that year, Valentine's Day, as the note. And so he knew what it was about. And he still texted me like, what the fuck? And I was like, you know, and I explained and I was like, I think I've, I deserve that for what I went through and the amount of money I spent on alcohol and whatnot. And, um, yeah, he, he denied the request, which is very rude. So <laughs> recently I've noticed since he's still in my contacts or some, somehow his Venmo is like constantly in my feed. He uses a lot of joke captions, including, like, ones about nudes and things that are just incredibly, like, bad jokes, bad taste. And so I reported him today or yesterday, technically, because it's 4.58 a.m. in the morning, um, which is, of course, while I'm recording this. That is, of course, the time I'm recording this at. But, yeah... We'll see how that goes. I'll keep you updated. Um, I don't think Venmo will do anything, honestly. But if they do, maybe he should have sent me that $50 or not broken up with me on Valentine's Day. And I guess that's how I'll, like, sign out because that's a fun way to sign out. That's a fun ending to this is that story. So, yeah. Love you all. Um, thank you for listening. I love even the haters. Trust me. I love you all. So yeah, have a good day or night or whatever time of day it is where you are or night. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'll be back, you know, to talk about my feelings and stuff. So hopefully you'll be back too. As Barbie says on her YouTube channel, peace.